Welcome to Taking the High Road, a special show dedicated to the trucking industry, specifically at the confluence of recruiting, retention, and compliance. In the fourth year as the host of the show, I bring over two decades of industry experience, both on the carrier side as well as the vendor side. Each week, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insight to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges. I always appreciate your feedback, good or bad. Don't forget to rate and review Taking the High Road on your preferred platform. I'd also like to thank and highlight the show's valuable sponsors. Their dedication, their commitment to this industry is greatly appreciated. And if you're interested in being a sponsor of Taking the Higher Road or joining me for an interview, please send me an email at jeremy at takingthehigherroad.com. This week, I'm honored to be joined by a great industry friend who's also been on both sides, both on the recruiting side for a fleet as well as a service provider, Sepeti Mawala, VP of Client Success for Transportation Marketing Group, a division of Throughline Marketing. Great to have you on the show, Seth. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeremy. Excited to be on. Well, there's a lot to catch up on with you today. Uh, I, I certainly want to dive into your background, how you got into the industry. Uh, I'd also like to learn about your transition to the vendor side of the industry with Transportation Marketing Group. Uh, perhaps you could share more about what you're doing there and, 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 and their story. And then uh, I certainly want to talk about what you expect in 2024, you know, from a recruiting perspective and a marketing perspective. And then lastly, we'll uh, we'll answer a question from a listener during our deeper dive segment. Does that work for you? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Well, before we dive in, as is the custom, I'm curious if you have any book recommendations for the audience, anything you've read recently or ever, I should say, that uh, has been impactful to you. Yeah, you know, I thought a lot about that. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of books that, you know, a lot of, a lot of us industry leaders have read. And so I kind of want to go, you know, with something different. And I don't think, you know, a lot of people... Uh, you know, may have, have gone to this one. And that book is called Let Them Lead by John Bacon. And so basically what this book is about, uh, it's about a hockey coach uh, who basically helped turn one of the worst high school hockey teams into one of the best hockey teams in the nation. And so basically the book goes into his strategy of uh, setting high expectations, holding his players accountable to each other, uh, and inspiring, inspiring them to lead. And so uh, the book's message, you know, is uh, basically that people can grow dramatically, including leaders. And talent, maturity, grit, and leadership ability uh, are not fixed. And uh, the book is basically, it's, it's fast-paced. It's a feel-good book that can help leaders motivate their teams to work harder, work together, and uh, take responsibility for their own success. I like it. And you're right. I have not heard anyone you reference that one before. So now I'm adding that to my Goodreads list. And by the way, for, for listeners out there, if you if you are an avid reader and you want to look for books to read, Goodreads, download the app. It's free. And uh, it's a great way to, to, to track books that you're reading and so on. Uh, I should I should maybe reach out to them for a sponsorship of the show. What do you think? There you go. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's get into your background. You know, what what How'd you make your way into the trucking industry? Absolutely. So it's uh, probably a lot different path than probably most people take. You know, you hear a lot of these stories that, you know, their family was in trucking. They, you know, started in trucking, things like that, or started in some way form of trucking. Uh, but for me, I started in sales. And, uh, you know, from the time I was 18 and uh, graduated high school, I, I started a job literally calling out of a phone book, uh, trying to get sponsors for, you know, local high schools in the area. And then that transition to, you know, better and, and bigger companies in sales. And then one of the last uh, comp sale companies that I worked for, uh, it was a, a fitness uh, supplement company. 
And they ended up going out of business. And that's what sparked my way uh, into the transportation industry. And so um, I had been working with a recruiter, um, that, a third party recruiter that had said, you know, hey, you know, the at the time there wasn't a whole lot of self leadership positions available. And she said, you know, what do you think about going into recruiting? You know, I have a, a pretty, uh, you know, big trucking company that's that's looking for, uh, you know, recruiters. And, you know, I think that you can transition very quickly there into a leadership position. And that company was actually CR England. And so uh, went into CR England, didn't know what to expect. Um, but, you know, you know, through my training there, I, I figured out really fast that this is a very self-oriented company as, as far as from a recruiting perspective. And I felt like I could leverage my experience from sales into into recruiting. And so uh, within my first year, I uh, became the number one recruiter at CR England, uh, which, you know, fast tracked my way up to a recruiting manager. And then through my seven you know years there at, at CR England, was able to, uh, you know, move up into a director position and, and lead the department. And so, um, you know, after about seven years there, uh, CR England started to change the way they wanted to do things with recruiting. And that included uh, outsourcing their recruiting team to Mexico, uh, you know, for cost efficiency, things like that. And so um, as I went from a team of 50 recruiters down to 10 within a span of six to eight months, you know, I, I then started wondering about, you know, where would my position be here, you know, in the next year or two. And so um, at the at and around the same time, uh, my wife, uh, her cousin had owned and, and operated a, a software company uh, called Trust Brands. And uh, so I ended up going and, uh, you know, taking the jump, just not knowing my future at CR Inland, you know, as far as what they were doing there and going back to the sales side of things. And uh, it was a great position, uh, head of the sales team there. Um, however, you know, my two years there, I missed the transportation industry. And, you know, I, I'd come home at night and just tell my wife, like, hey, like, like, I know where I belong and I know I need to get back into the transportation industry. And so I started talking to, you know, my network and 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 just seeing what was available out there and what they were hearing, things like that. And and after a few interviews with some, you know, pretty decent side companies, um, you know, Yellow Cape calling and, uh, you know, went through the the uh, the interview process and and. Uh, you know, after about three months, got a call from the president there and and they wanted to move forward with me. And so uh came back in into the industry with Yellow and, uh, uh, you know, started heading the department there. Coming into Yellow, uh, a lot of major issues. And this really opened my eyes to what the industry, as far as from a recruiting perspective, uh, was really lacking. And I didn't know that because I was at CR England and all I knew was CR England and they were doing things great there. I mean, they, they just had a process in place, systems, people, leadership, and, and they were operated at a high level. And coming into Yellow, which, you know, 22,000 union employees, 8,000 corporate employees, you would think, you know, that they had, you know, the right things in place, so on and so forth. But coming into that company, um, you know, taught me a lot about, hey, not every company thinks the same way and not every company structured the same way. And some are, are way behind in others. And, uh, you know, it, it takes great leaders and a team to really bring those, you know, those things around. And so coming into to Yellow uh, was an amazing experience for me as far as uh, from a learning, leadership, uh, and transitioning that recruiting department to a winning one. Well, it's encouraging uh, to hear. First of all, I was going to say, you mentioned that you were in fitness before. I, you don't strike me as a fitness guy. 
<laughs> we've had we've had that conversation, you know, when, when we first met. But but also uh, the the transition from sales to recruiting. You know, I, I think you would probably agree with this. I say this all the time. Recruiting is sales. Like it's totally. the two are, are hand in hand. I mean, if you can be really good at one, that's all you're doing. You're helping people right. make decisions. And so from that perspective, I think it makes a lot of sense that you would transition naturally into that role. And I love the fact that when you left a couple of years later, you, you just, you got the bug. You get, you had it, you know, you wanted to come back. So that's encouraging. That's what, that's the undertow, however you want to <laughs> refer to it as the, uh, of the trucking industry that keeps you here. And, uh, and I'm glad that you, we'll get into yellow in a minute um, and, and what happened there and, and, and how you ended up at, uh, at transportation marketing group. But actually it's probably a good, a good you are now, you're the VP of uh, client success for transportation marketing group, which is a through line company. Can you share maybe just a, a briefly who is through line, you know, what is as the parent company and then, an overview uh, of Transportation Marketing Group. Absolutely. So, Throughline Marketing uh, has actually been uh, in the uh, the advertising marketing uh, lead gen uh, industry for you know over thirty years, and so they actually came uh, specifically from the education side, um, where they were you know doing lead gen for for online schools, you know, DeVry University schools like that that you hear about. Um, they were doing lead gen for them as far as from a student perspective. And they were actually one of the most successful agencies in the country at doing that. And then, you know, they also ventured into beauty, uh, the beauty industry, and then, you know, finally the the transportation industry. And so TMG has actually been around for about 10 years. However, it just kind of sat in a stagnant, you know, uh, place where uh, they didn't forget about it, but this just wasn't their focus. Uh, up until about two years ago, uh, where our CEO and, and COO and president, uh, Justin and Mike decided that, hey, you know, I think it's time to really start taking TMG serious and see what we can do with this. And so, um, you know, they, they were able to bring on a few clients and, uh, you know, started working with them. And, you know, after just a, a few short months uh, from, a, from a client perspective and, and what they were telling us is that, wow, you guys are hitting it out of the park right now. Like our, our you know, our cost per hire has gone down dramatically, cost per lead, cost per app. And so, you know, this is when they finally realized, realized like, wow, we got something here. And, uh, you know, that's kind of when they, you know, took full run. You know, they, they hired someone. Uh, they wanted to hire someone with industry knowledge because they didn't have a whole lot of, of knowledge within the transportation industry. So that's kind of where I came in. And so I've been here for about about five months now and, you know, have been working, you know, directly with Justin, our CEO, and, and kind of teaching him. And, and he's kind of done his own, uh, you know, research and, and gone himself out there uh, with some of the leaders in the industry and and, and learned what he can. And so, uh, so far, we've been able to bring on uh, quite a few, few more <laughs> clients and they're doing really well. And the message is the same. And what we're hearing from these guys uh, is just amazing. And so uh, we know we got something special here and, uh, you know, we're, we're excited for 2024. Now, yeah, and that's encouraging. And I know, I think you probably bring that same skill set that you you know, that's probably just natural for you uh, that you that your sales role, your your leadership role uh, uh, now as the VP of, of uh, client success there. I know this has been a challenging past year and a half or so. You know, the industry, we've been in a freight recession and you know, we've seen companies go out of business, big and small. And obviously you referenced yellow earlier as one of those big ones um, where you worked for, uh, you know, close to two years, a year and a half or, or more. 
And uh, and then they, you know, abruptly shut down in, you know, late summer of 2023. Can you share like that? How was that experience? As you, when you were there, you said you recognized that uh, things were not the same <laughs> that, that you were used to at, at CR England. Uh, how Just, you know, briefly share that experience and then, you know, uh, the transition uh, into TMG. Absolutely. I think with Yellow, you know, I think they had a lot of the right things in place. Um, you know, I think, and this goes way beyond before I got there, but, uh, and their former CEO, which, you know, you know, made some, some acquisitions of, of, you know, Roadway, Holland, New Penn, Redaway, um, that kind of put the, the company, uh, you know, in a, a vulnerable position financially. And so, uh, you know, we, we had brought in a fairly new president, you know, before I had gotten there you know, by the name of uh, President uh, Daryl Harris. And he had had a, an amazing plan as far as where he wanted this company to go. And through, you know, him and, and some of the amazing uh, leadership that we had there uh, had put forth uh, a plan that we felt like to get Yellow back to the top, uh, you know, back to the, the successful company that it used to be. And so um, we had started our, our phase one, two, and three uh, transition uh, that was pre-approved uh, by the IBF, or I'm sorry, the IBT, uh, which is the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, uh, the Teamsters Union. And, uh, you know, we had already implemented our phase one, which was the West, and things were going amazing there. And just to kind of give you a perspective of what we were doing when I say, you know, transitioning and go through these phases, is we're re removing the redundancy as far as how we delivered freight amongst these, you know, four different opcodes. And so, you know, before we had, you know, for an example, we'd have a YRC truck, a Holland truck going to the same customer. One would pick up their freight, the other would pick up their freight, and then they, you know, they go deliver it, you know, to the customers. When you could just have one person or one truck and trailer go there, pick up all of it, and then go deliver it. So you know, in order to do that, we had to combine all opcodes, which we were going to put it under the name Yellow, and uh, and that was going to be you know the changes that we made in order to become a profitable company. So as we got done with Phase One, and the West was looking great, uh, we were showing profitability and revenue. Shipments were were uh, more on time than they've ever been, um, and things are looking very positive. And going into Phase Two, which is basically the Midwest um, all the way to the East, um. We had gotten word that uh, you know Sean O'Brien, uh, leader of the of the Teamsters Union, had decided to block uh, us from pursuing uh, Phase Two. Um, you know, no other than the reason that you know he said they didn't want to concede to anything, or or uh, you know our our Teamsters have, have, have done enough for Yellow. We're not doing anything more. And really, it wasn't really the only thing we were changing was, like I said, the redundancy of how we delivered freight so that we could become more possible. And they didn't want to do that. Um, it did change some of the, the, you know, as far as the positions, as far as what they would be doing. Um, some of our workers uh, would be now touching freight where, you know, before they weren't touching freight, uh, things like that. So small changes to help. But, uh, you know, they were against it. And, uh, you know, we made, you know, many different uh uh, you know, chances to try to work with them and change things. And hey, you know, what what would you know what would you like us to change or do in order to get this across the line so that we can finish doing what we plan to do? And basically, they went silent, you know, for you know six months um, up until the time where we became, you know, near that red line. 
And then, uh, you know, we made one more push, you know, as far as raising our rates, uh, you know, closer to what they were asking for. And then even then they, they declined. And, um, you know, that was, that ended up being the demise of yellow. And so, you know, there's a lot of different stories out there as far as, you know, what people think, you know, a lot of people think that, Hey, this was a move by the IBT to get UPS to sign their contract, you know, knowing how serious they were that they weren't afraid to let yellow go under to get their way. And so that helped push UPS to, you know, finish their negotiation. You know, other people just think that, you know, really, they, they really didn't want to, you know, deal with yellow anymore. And, and they were tired of, you know, some of the getbacks that yellow had, you know, there was a 15% reduction in, uh, you know, their, uh, uh, their uh, pension, you know, that we had done uh, in prior years. And so even though none of that was in the wording, you know, this really had to do with, you know, job responsibilities, et cetera. Um, you know, they weren't willing to, you know, to do that. And so um, because of that, you know, we couldn't get to a profitable place. And, and uh, yeah, that was, that was the, uh, the end of yellow there. Well, I appreciate that. I know when we first met, it was in uh, Kansas city, we first met in person uh, in Kansas City last uh, August 23 at CDL Life's Turning Point Summit. You know, uh, I think a couple of handsome, bald guys. <laughs> I, I, I say that to myself. All, I look at my son in the mirror and I'll, he's brushing his teeth, you know, and I'll say, look at that handsome young man and his son, too. <laughs> no one seems that. to find that funny. But I got to use that one. one. But, <laughs> but anyway, you know, I think, you know, we immediately hit it off. Uh, we recognized we had so much in common. Being a dad, talk, you know, take care of ourselves, exercise, diet, and, 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 and obviously being committed to an industry where you have a lot of special relationships that we have, you know, uh, cultivated over the years. And that network, uh, you know, I recall, I think it was on LinkedIn, you know, as, as you were kind of searching for your next opportunity on the heels of Yellow, um, you, you were leveraging your, your LinkedIn community. And uh, one of your posts highlighted your roots and educated your audience about the Isle of Tonga. You know, I thought that was super cool. And in fact, it, in honor of that, I'm wearing my uh, Hawaiian shirt in the midst of winter uh, because, uh, yeah, because I wanted to go, uh, you know, I wanted to represent Island as well. But how did uh, LinkedIn play a role in finding your next opportunity? Was that useful, helpful for you? It was, you know, I, uh, you know, and I just think, you know, the LinkedIn community and, you know, more specifically the transportation industry uh, and just, just the amazing people within this industry, you know, it's such a tight knit community. And people who are just, you know, more than willing to help each other get to the next place and, and, and where they need to be and where they want to be. Um, you know, there's no one out there that's, you know, that's holding back information. Uh, you know, I think everyone wants to help each other do what, you know, do what they need to do to, to you know, to do well here. And so, um, you know, I had a, a number of different, you know, companies, uh, interviews set up with trucking companies, uh, you, you know, for either director of VP roles of recruiting or, or talent acquisition. And um, one thing that was different is the agency side also came calling, which I was not expecting at all. Um, and so I started talking to a few different, you know, lead gen agencies, marketing advertising agencies uh, at the same time. And so, you know, at, really at the time, I wasn't expecting to go to this side of things, uh, to the vendor side. I, I wanted to stay on the carrier side because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what I did. I enjoyed leading a team of, of recruiters and, and other managers and and it was where I felt my place was. Um, however, um, due to the fact that let's just moment in Kansas City for the yellow position from Utah, um, we weren't in a position to move again. 
So a lot of these other positions, uh, you know, with these other trucking companies, they wanted me to move, you know, to, of course, where they're headquartered. And, uh, you know, so I started looking at other options and, and that other option was the vendors. And so out of the three vendors that I had spoken to, um, Transport- Transportation Marketing Group just aligned with my values, with what, you know, if I came to this side, what I wanted to do, um, and they supported that. And so, um, you know, I ended up choosing these guys and, and so far it's, it's been an amazing, uh, uh, an amazing place and, and people. And I've really enjoyed my time here. Yeah. That's encouraging to hear. And, uh, both from the value of your, of your network. And when I say LinkedIn, I'm referring to your, your transportation network in, on LinkedIn, right. Versus just LinkedIn in general. Although LinkedIn, if you'd like to be a sponsor of the show, you know, and shoot me an email, uh, but, more, <laughs> but, um, it's so important to to find a place where you feel like you align from a value perspective. And and I, I've known Justin for probably a year and a half, maybe two years now. Super good guy. And I think, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for you there. And I'm curious if you could share, we've got a few minutes left. Uh, what do you expect to see in 2024? We know what we've been through for the last year and a half or so. Can you share maybe from a driver recruiting and marketing standpoint? What do you what do you think's on the horizon as we are early in the year so far? Well, I, I expect it to bounce back. You know, as we know, we're in a freight recession. Uh, I, I feel like, uh, you know, that bounce back, we should start to see uh, Q2, Q3. Could push out to Q4, but, you know, as, as far as, you know, the analysts that I've listened to and and the leaders that I've talked to, uh, you know, they have the same feelings. Um, but regardless, I mean, this is, you know, this is a great position to be in, uh, you know. And I know from looking at it, you know, you're kind of like, wait, what? But it really is because... Before, when things are busy and things are moving and, and, and the daily grind, it doesn't give you time to stop, think, reevaluate, and adjust things to where they need to be. So this is one of those times where it's, it's time to sharpen the sword. You know, get ready. Because when that, that, when that uh, recession does end and the market does turn around, are you going to be ready? And are you going to be in a better position than you were before to hit the ground running with your team? And so... Right now, you know, and I, I listed, uh, I posted a, a LinkedIn post yesterday that said 2000, 2024 driver checklist. Go in there and look through the list. You know, a lot of you have probably already done some of the things on there, but what have you not looked at? You know, and that's the thing that, you know, I like about being in this position is because it doesn't just put me in a position to help people, you know, with their advertising and marketing budgets, but it helps me to help them in any way, shape or form as far as being in their shoes. So, um, you know, I love I love what I'm doing. I love the the forecast for 2024, and I, I think it's a comeback year. So, for those of you listening, if you're not connected with Sep on LinkedIn, definitely uh, connect with him. Check out the post that he's referring to, but also uh, take a look at uh, at TMG. I want to make sure that uh, that that those listening uh, take a look and uh, and and see if there's an opportunity as they're sharpening their sword. I like that. Um, this is a good opportunity here uh, with about a minute or so left. If we can uh, get into the deeper dive question. Now, this is a, qu- a question submitted by a, a listener. Uh, the question is, we're still hiring drivers, but I have a constant challenge of getting drivers on the phone. They apply, but they never answer the phone or return my call. What am I doing wrong? Uh, any any thoughts or suggestions there? Well, first thing that comes to mind is just how long did it take you to get to that call? Um, you know, one of the things that TMG does great is we have an automated text and phone call IBR that we send that's automated, uh, that that's helped a lot of our customers get to customers or get to, cl- uh, you know, potential drivers within a timely manner. And when I'm talking about timely manner, I'm like, when, within the first five minutes of you receiving the lead into your ETS, 
not only do they get a text, but that text also sets them up for a call. And it's very customizable. Uh, it's amazing source resource that we have uh, that our clients abs- absolutely love and say it's their most favorite thing that they've uh, that they've had. So um, you know, when, when I hear things like I can't get a hold of your driver, the first thing that comes to mind is what was your speed to contact on that? Is it a day later? Is it two days later? Like you know, a lot of the reason why drivers don't answer is because we're not getting to them within that first thirty minutes. I know people think that's impossible. But get the right technology in place, and it's not. Excellent point. Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate it. And uh, and and Seth, first of all, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm grateful for our friendship and your passion for the industry. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in some uh, upcoming events this year. Absolutely, I look forward to it too, Jeremy. Thank you. And thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the High Road for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. And once again, special thanks to the sponsors of the show. We really appreciate you. Again, if you're interested in being a sponsor of Taking the Higher Road or joining me for an interview, please send me an email at jeremy at takingthehighroad.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on whatever platform you use to listen. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road.